are back with another edition of Making Money. The financial coach is Ron Hebert, a retired portfolio manager, was in the trade for a long time. I've known Ron for a lot of years. I'm Gord Whitehead, retired broadcaster. We want to talk this time around on Making Money, Ron, about creating a monthly income. And that's for people, I suppose, that are a little closer to retirement or maybe in retirement. Are we looking at that or are we we talking about people that are still in the workforce here? Well, I think this is generally for people that need to have their investment income either supplement or replace their working income. And with interest rates on investment-grade bonds and GICs at 2% or less, and, you know, I was looking over the landscape this morning, uh, those are optimistic numbers. You're lucky if you get 1% most places. Well, are we not, aren't we not in negative, in negative rates on inflation now in, in for the most part? Except groceries, it seems. <laughs> yeah, except for groceries, yeah. it, it seems like we are seeing some uh, deflation. And, and certainly that helps a bit because your costs aren't rising as fast as they did in the past. But you still want your money to work because we might have temporary deflation right now. But I expect that's going to turn here over the next year or two. And, of course, with inflation, it erodes away at your 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 savings. So the problem is that if you're going to replace GICs and investment-grade bonds with high-yielding stocks uh, to make up the income gap, the problem is that most stocks only pay quarterly or four times a year, and that can make your income very, very lumpy if you're depending on stocks to provide you with a monthly cash flow. So this can be difficult for investors who have fixed monthly expenses and would like to have cash flows that are consistent on a monthly basis and match their outflow. So we're going to talk about that today. Okay, and, and I think, you know, to, to get back to the inflation thing with, and we've talked about this in past episodes uh, during the pandemic, with the amount of money that governments have been doling out, I could pretty much carve in a stone somewhere and hand it to you. We are going to have inflation at some point down the road. <laughs> when I look at the numbers, Board. And in the last three months, the federal government has spent the same amount of money as on an inflation-adjusted basis the Confederation of Canada has spent since Confederation in 1867 to the end of the Second World War. So uh, the war ended in, 2000, in uh, 1945, so, you know, there is 80 years, eight decades, of, of deficits, cumulative deficits, and the government has matched that 80 years worth of deficits in 12 weeks. That's unbelievable. So we're going to have to pay this back, and unfortunately, and we're going to get into this on another show. Uh, we've got two shows coming up, one on uh, what happens if we have inflation, what happens if we have deflation, what happens if we have stagflation, and frankly, none of them are very, very good for you. So uh, we'll talk about those. But uh, today, you know, the focus is on trying to maximize your income because that's the best way for you if you have to stay ahead of inflation is to try and get your best after-tax rate of return. Okay, now you're talking about your stock dividend cycles, correct? Yeah, and, and the market, people don't realize it, but there's essentially four cycles in the market gourd. Cycle one, these are companies publicly traded 
They pay their dividends in January, April, July, and October. And we have cycle two. They pay their dividends in February, May, August, and November. Cycle three pays in March, June, September, and December. Then there's cycle four, which pays every month. So because you have stocks that pay their dividends on different cycles, and literally by mixing and matching companies that pay in cycle one, two, or three, and then adding some that pay every month, you can get a smoothed-out income stream that puts dividends in your account every month. Okay, so the key then, obviously, is to own stocks from each of these different cycles, right? Exactly. And what I thought we'd do today is I'd give you an example of a 10-stock portfolio that does that. So these are stocks that come from cycle one, two, three, and four, how to mix and match them to get a steady income. So this is an example. I mean, there's plenty, there's hundreds of companies that pay in each cycle. So you can mix and match and, and go crazy if that's what you want to do. But this is just a good example of how to actually go about putting together a nice little portfolio for yourself that gives you that monthly steady income stream. Okay, now before we get into, into cycle one and some examples there, is, this, is that information easy to find, Ron, about when, uh, in what cycle they're in when you look at a stock? Yeah, you can go on, online. If you, if you Google uh, investment uh, cycles, uh, dividend cycles, uh, there's sites that online that will tell you. Also, a good source of that information, and it's usually where I get it, is an investment newsletter that I've been getting for probably 30 years. It's called the Investment Reporter. Okay. So if you just go online, look up Investment Reporter, usually every quarter they come out with a list of stocks on their recommended list that pay in different cycles. And so that's one of the easiest places to go. Uh, to get this information. And, and uh, your broker will also have information on this if you use a broker, and often they'll have research that shows you what these different cycles are and the stocks that pay in each different cycle. Okay, let's start with cycle one. You name three stocks here, BCE Enterprises, TC Energy Corporation, and Nutrient. You, you talked about, about BCE as one of the big you know, telco companies in, in our last show about how the fact that, you know, coming out of the lockdown now, a lot of people are looking at those services. They're maybe cutting their cable. They're going to streaming. The, the telecommunications industry just keeps trucking along. They have been remarkably resilient. And BCE pays a dividend of over 5%. So, you know, even if the growth is slow, if you can get a 5% dividend on a stock, which slowly grows over time, and you can get low earnings growth, even if earnings are growing at 1% or 2% a year. If earnings grow at 1% or 2% a year, generally your stock will grow at that level as well. So if you get a 5% dividend and you get a couple of percent in earnings growth, which translates into stock growth, you know, it's not hard for companies, especially utility companies, that which are considered to be extraordinarily boring, over time to give you 7% returns, which, you know, for me, for the conservative investor, I think those are pretty good. Yeah, not bad. And, and TC Energy Corp, that's TransCanada Energy Corporation, their new name, this is a pipeline company, basically, and we've talked about that in the past. I mean, their stuff's in the ground, and, and it just keeps making money. 
just keeps making money. And frankly, the more that they block pipelines, uh, expansion, and some of the new projects that they're trying to push through, the more the utilization rate on these old pipelines gets pushed higher. And of course, sure, they're not building new ones, but the realist, the um, assets they have in the ground are turning very, very nice rates of return. And of course, TC Energy is highly focused on natural gas. And as a result, natural gas is touted as being that fuel, the carbon-based fuel, that will fill the gap between when we go completely renewable and a carbon-based economy. Because, uh, you know, natural gas has, I think, about a half to a quarter the amount of carbon emissions that coal does. So uh, even right now, you're seeing increased demand as many of these old coal-fired plants are closing down, and that's just great news for natural gas. Nutrien, th th that an ag company? Yeah, Nutrien makes fertilizers. And uh, uh, so they, they have fertilizers, they have stores where they, they sell agricultural products to the farming community. Uh, across North America, so they're a big, big player, and uh, the symbol is NTR, so it gives you exposure to commodities, and certainly I think demand for food isn't going anywhere over time, but slowly higher, and so this is an industry that, uh, you know, you've got to fertilize to get the kind of crop yields that we have these days, and that just naturally fits into their wheelhouse. Okay, let's move on to cycle two. And, uh, well, the first two stocks that you mentioned here are pretty well-known, Royal Bank, Bank of Montreal, and then Amera. Yeah, and, of course, the, the bank stocks have been beaten up in Canada, and rightly so, because people fear uh, that there's going to be an oncoming wave of defaults in mortgages and consumer loans that uh, certainly the banks are going to have to write down. But the banks have taken quite a haircut here, and uh, you know, I'm not saying that they're a buy today, but when you look at the yields of 5 and 6% and you've got quality names, I mean, Royal Bank is ranked the safest bank in the world. Um, the Canadian banks are very, very safe. So somewhere in here, uh, Bank of Montreal, the Royal Bank, uh, they're in cycle two, just all, virtually all the Canadian banks are going to be a buy somewhere in here. And these are uh, two good names. So there's uh, I've overweighted the, the banks a little bit because they, they represent literally almost a third of the value of the Canadian stock markets as financials. So I've overweighted them a little bit, and they both pay good dividends. Okay, now I have to confess, I'm, I'm not knowledgeable about Amera at all. What, what is the story there? Amera, they changed their name. They're the former Nova Scotia Power. And over time, they've made significant assets in other areas of um, acquisitions in other areas of Canada. They've also made significant uh, purchases, so they've got a big footprint on the eastern seaboard in the United States. So Amera EMA is a Canadian and U.S. utility stock, and it pays a very good dividend of 5%, and you should get slow, steady growth over time with this name. Okay, let's move into cycle three, and again, some names that I think are quite well known. Canadian Utilities, Sun Life, and, and one I know you've been a favorite of for a long time, Canadian Tire. Yeah, Canadian Utilities, here again, good Alberta name. 
the Southern family has always proved to be good managers. Sunlight is uh, these days looks like the cream of the crop in uh, the insurance sector. And Canadian Tire, it looks like Canadian Tire is just one of those names that is going to be able to survive the e-commerce onslaught because they have things that are just hard to get online. I mean, you can, you know, they've made their name by supplying tires, supplying uh, car repair, and generally, if the economy slows down, uh, this store really appeals to the do-it-yourselfer. If you need screws, if you need hardware, plumbing supplies. About... <laughs> yeah, oh mean... yeah, plumbing <laughs> supplies, anything. There's a Canadian Tire store, and so if you're a do-it-yourselfer, that's usually one of the first places you go to get the stuff you need uh, to get things done. I mean, I've done some re plumbing repairs in the house. Why? Well, simple. If you call the plumber, uh, A, they don't answer the phone. B, they send you a message that says, maybe sometime in the future we'll get back to you. Well, if you need things fixed and you can't find anybody else to do it, you look in the mirror and you're the one that's left, Canadian Tire, here I come. <laughs> I can just picture you as a plumber, my friend. <laughs> <laughs> it's pretty right. sad, but uh, <laughs> yeah. pretty sad. We could go down a road here, but I'm not going to take that turn. And <laughs> I'm not going to take that fork. All right, let's talk about cycle four, Canadian Apartment Properties REIT. And, of course, uh, the, the big issue with these guys right now and with any real estate investment trust that has a portfolio of apartments is that there is going to be some... There's going to be a shakeout here. Yeah, there's going to be a shakeout here because, frankly, there's people right now without work that can't pay their rent. And, of course, the government is only going to be able to go so long uh, supporting the entire economy. I mean, right now they're doling out money for if you're not working. Uh, they're doling out money to landlords. They're doling out money to corporations. Uh, I've even heard they're talking about uh, doling out money to keep the Canadian Football League alive. I mean, they're spending money everywhere. But you can't have the entire economic engine of the Canadian economy supported by the Canadian government. You look at the numbers, and they might be able to do it for 90 days. But after that, People are going to have to uh, have to go back to work, and there is going to be some fallout. There's going to be people that aren't going to be able to find jobs that are going to fall behind their rent, and of course, the apartment rates are going to have to absorb that. But somewhere in here, this will stabilize again, and uh, an apartment rate is is a good place to be because over time, they're considered the most conservative of the REITs because people usually the last thing they give up on is paying their rent. So apartment REITs are generally, and REITs in general, pay uh, with, in cycle four, which means that they give you a monthly income. So here you have it, cycle one, cycle two, cycle three, cycle four. Uh, this portfolio is just an example, but it gives you two utilities, two banks, an insurance company, a REIT, a telco, a retailer, an ag company, and a pipeline. It's diversified, conservative, has a yield of 4 to 5% and pays a monthly income that qualifies for the dividend tax credit. So if you need monthly income, this is an example of how you construct that type of portfolio.
Okay, well, that, that just makes a lot of sense. A lot of common sense in this episode. I hope you've been paying attention. If you, if you want to go back and revisit, remember all of our shows are archived at letsmakemoney.ca. That is the website of the show. show is called Making Money. It also airs with our friends on their website at CFCW, cfcw.com. And if you want to question us, you can reach us through either one of those websites, or if you have a recommendation for a show that you'd like us to look into, by all means, drop us a note. Ron, uh, take care, my friend. We will talk again soon. Back next week with another edition of Making Money with the Financial Coach, Ron Hebert. I'm Gord Whitehead. Thanks for joining us. The information presented is derived from sources believed to be reliable. This material is presented for information purposes only and does not constitute investment advice. Before acting on any investment information, a person should seek advice from an investment professional. The presenters may or may not hold positions in the securities discussed on this show and will not be responsible for any losses sustained from acting on this information.